You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. We're going to continue to look this morning at God's exchange program. We have seen how he will take our ashes and give us beauty in return, how he'll take our mourning today and give us joy, how he'll take our heaviness and he will give us in replacement of that a garment of praise. But let's go back and do just a little bit of review of where we've been in this passage of scripture. Like I said, our first message was on how Jesus has come to heal the brokenhearted. The Bible says that he was the anointed one. He was the Messiah Christ. He was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophets that prophesied that there would come a day when the Savior would come. The Son of God would come to this earth and die on the cross for you and for me. He was that promised Messiah. He is the gospel. Not only was he anointed to preach the gospel, but he is the gospel. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He is also called in the scripture the great physician. No wonder he can heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And the Lord said, I have come to heal those that are sick. He is called the balm of Gilead. The Bible said, he healeth the brokenhearted and bindeth up their wounds. As we continued on in this passage, we saw that God has an exchange program that he offers to all of us. There's not a person on the face of this earth that God does not offer this exchange program to. In salvation, are you with me? In salvation, he will take our unrighteousness, and in exchange, he will give us his what? His righteousness, that was the doctrine of imputation, and we receive his righteousness, the Bible says, by faith. What a deal. He received all of our sin, and we received all of his love and forgiveness. Then we saw that there's an exchange that continues on from the point of salvation throughout your Christian experience. He will take our joy and turn, and take our sorrow and turn it into joy. Listen to this. It says, ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Let me tell you, there's a lot of sorrow as we live in this life. Give me an amen there. There is a lot. There is a lot of people going through a lot of things that are carrying very, very heavy burdens. You know what they need? They need Jesus. There was a gentleman stopped by yesterday from the area here. Uh, a few months ago, he sent me uh, some pictures that he had taken of the church, and the church was surrounded by two rainbows. He lives just down the road. And the church is all lit up. It's like the Lord lit up the church, and, and it's, it, the dark clouds are above it, and here's these double rainbows extending over the church. And he sent those to me. He found my number, and he sent those to me. He stopped by yesterday. He happens to be from a church up in Jackson area that's dying. The church is just dying, just dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Most of their members are 70 and above. And so he lives in this area. He's been listening to us online. And he said, I want, I want to be able to direct people in this area to your church. Would you mind? I did not respond, no, I wish you wouldn't do that. I said, no, everyone that you give us will seek to do our best. If they're not saved, to lead, them, to lead them to Christ. And if they are saved, to help them to grow in sanctification. You know what? That's what the Lord is up to in your life. If you're not saved, get saved. 
get that exchange, accept that exchange program. But then after salvation, God continues to do exchanges for us. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heavy, heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. Think of that. That's what God is trying to do is he matures you up in Christ. He's trying to get you to be a strong tree that will withstand the storms of life. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's God's goal in your life as he works out sanctification is that you would glorify him. Beauty for ashes. I'm gonna tell you, that, those are wonderful words. Think of that with me. He will take, ashes we saw last week represent loss. When something is burned and turned into ashes, it's completely lost. Ashes refer to loss. They refer to filth. They refer to darkness, ugliness, sorrow. Remember the sackcloth and ashes. Does the Lord want us to live our lives in sackcloth and ashes? Does he want us to go around mourning all the time? Or does he want an exchange to take place? The Bible said, the mighty God, even the Lord has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun until the going down thereof, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty God hath shined. His beauty for our ashes. When I think of God's beauty in that exchange, he's willing to remember ashes represent loss, filth, darkness, ugliness, and sorrow. And in the place of all those things, he said, listen, if you'll come to me, I will give you holiness, righteousness, justice, power, sinlessness, perfection in every area. I will pour upon you my blessing. Wow. His beauty is absolutely amazing. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength, strength and beauty, holiness, righteousness, justice, power, sinlessness, perfection in every aspect and blessing is mine. Honor, majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his. His beauty represents not only who God is, but what God can do with a filthy, broken, ruined, ugly life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new what? Old things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I mentioned at the end of last week's message, only God can take a harlot and turn her into a virtuous woman. Only God can take a drunkard and turn him into a godly father. Those are the things that God can do and will do. He will exchange your ashes for his beauty if you will turn to him by faith. Think of all the sorrow and suffering that goes on. We, listen, we need healing. How many times have I said that the church is a hospital for folks that are sick and hurting where they can have their wounds bound up Yes, our lives are filthy. Our lives are dark. There's lots of sorrow and shame and suffering. But God wants to give us beauty in the place of all those. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel. You know, that's what, that's what the gospel is. 
The gospel is taking something that's filthy, ugly, and dirty and turning it into something beautiful. No wonder it's called the good news. Sent me to preach the good news. He can deliver those who are, who are held captive by sin and sorrow. He can open the eyes of those that are spiritually blind. He can set free those who are imprisoned by sin and its addictive and destructive power. He can heal those who have been bruised and wounded by the effects of sin. The Lord desires to take your brokenness, to take your sufferings, and through that make you spiritually strong, like that tree that stands and gives glory to him. But here's what it comes to, church. Listen, you have to surrender. You have to surrender. You have to submit. You have to yield. You have to put your faith in the Lord, allowing him to have first place in your life. And if you will do that, let me tell you, I don't care how filthy your life is, how dark it has become, how hopeless it may be, no matter how much mourning has gone on in your heart, he can turn everything around. And I'm here to tell you he's the only one that can. And the reason he'll turn everything around for you in your life is because he wants to glorify himself in and through your life. Is that not what verse 3 says? The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. God's exchange program. Beauty for ashes. Now today we want to look at the oil of joy. The oil of joy for mourning. To appoint unto them that mourn the oil of joy for mourning. Now Ashes are outwardly, right? You get ashes all over you, you're all filthy, you're all dirty with ashes on the outside. And as we said, those ashes reflect sin and sorrow and, and grief. But mourning takes place on the inside. How many of you have ever mourned on the inside? Yeah. There's a lot of things we mourn over. This year, I missed the biggest buck of my life twice with my bow. That's mourning right there, right, Dan? That's mourning. And then Isaac and I go out hunting. The first day we were able to get out, and I hear a shot come from that direction. And I said, he killed my deer. And he did. That was mourning. For a sportsman, anyway. Mourning. Oh, there's so many things in this life that we mourn over. But God has an exchange program. You know why we mourn? Because we're focused on the ashes. Instead of focusing on the Lord. Joy for mourning. Praise for heaviness. Th can you just stop right now and think about that? God, God can begin to do that exchange for you today if you'll turn to him. It's what he so desires. He, wa he wants to wash away those outward ashes and anoint us with inward joy. This is his exchange program. He doesn't just deal with the outward, he deals with the inward. Creating joy inwardly will change your appearance outwardly. There's not a whole lot of happy, joyful people in this world. 
My dad used to love to people watch. How many of you like to people watch? When my mom would go into a store, my dad and I would wait for my mom. We had a station, always had station wagons. And we would sit in the parking lot, and my dad would just watch people and make comments about them. Not mean comments, but just make, just make comments about the various people that my dad loved to people watch. I'll tell you something. You go outside of Christ Church, and you begin to look at people, you will not see a whole lot of happy, joyful people. You know why? Because they've never had an exchange take place in their life. They've never exchanged their unrighteousness for his righteousness in salvation, and certainly they haven't gotten on the road of sanctification. But by creating inward joy, it will change our outward appearance. What is on the inside will be reflected on the what? Outside. That's why God looks on the heart. He doesn't see as man sees. But he looks on the heart. You know, the Bible often talks about that inward person, that inward man. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, our inward man is renewed day by day. How many times have you heard me say at the heart of every problem is a problem what? In the heart. That's where all of our problems are. Our problems are in the heart. Listen to Solomon. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You talk about nailing it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. What you are on the inside will be reflected on the outside. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But the sorrow of the heart, the spirit, is broken. Look at how many people are walking around that you come in contact with every day. Who they're broken on the inside. They need healing. They need Only Christ can give them that. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. A merry heart doeth good like a what? Medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. Now, to me, I'm one of these guys that read the scripture and I meditate on it and I look at various words and, Lord, what are you really trying to say to me? And this just kind of popped out to me. He said this, the oil of joy. He didn't say, I'll replace your mourning with joy. He said, I will replace your mourning. If you'll turn to me, I will replace your, your mourning with the oil of joy. So then I go, why does he say the oil of joy and not just say joy? And then I had to consider it out. Now, wait just a minute. Oil symbolizes some things in the Bible. So now I'm in the study, okay? I'm getting excited. I get paid to do this. Can you believe it? I get all excited about this now, about this oil of joy thing. And so I started searching the scriptures to see what is so symbolic here about joy. You see, the words of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. He just doesn't say, oh, I think I'll throw that word in there. No, he has a purpose of putting that word there. The oil of joy. So as I began to look into this, I saw that oil signifies healing. Signifies healing. How many remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Okay, Good Samaritan is going about his business and he's attacked by thieves who beat him up and leave him bloody. And the Bible says he's laying there on the roadside half dead. Now I don't know what half dead means, but 
I don't want to experience it. He is half dead. There comes a religious man by, the Levite. And the Levite's walking down the road, going about his daily activities, and he looks over here, and here is this man, all beat up and wounded and bleeding, and probably gasping for air. And he sees him and goes, ew. And just walks around. That was a religious man. The next guy that comes by sees the same man. It's a little bit later, so maybe his breathing is even more labored. And this preacher sees him and says, oh, goes to the other side of the road. But then after that, who came by? A Samaritan. Who the Jews would have nothing to do with the Samaritans because they were half Gentile, half Jew. Nothing to do with them. And he sees this man, and he has compassion on him. And listen to what the Bible says. Luke chapter 10 says, are you with me? It says he bound, he bound up his wounds and poured in oil and wine. He poured in oil and wine. I thought, why would he pour, why would he pour wine into these open sores? Because alcohol is an antiseptic. And then he pours oil into the wounds of this man. What, what, does, what does oil represent? Healing. This man is hurting. He needed his wounds to be soothed. And so this oil provided healing and comfort. And then we know the story how he takes him to the end and has the innkeeper take care of him until he comes back and they'll pay him whatever it costs to get this man back to health. Well, the good Samaritan, we know, represents... Okay, who does it represent? Jesus Christ. Beautiful picture. Who does that beat-up, wounded man represent? Us. Religion. Religion can't help you. Even the preacher can't help you. But there is someone that can help you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Give me an amen. amen. Wine in the scripture represents Jesus' blood. Oil represents the healing power of the Holy Spirit. Just think of that. When we were wounded and beaten, there was nothing in this world that could have helped us out of that condition except the blood of Jesus Christ and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Oil comforts, it mends and it heals. So can Jesus. If you turn to him, he will do that. I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and will make them rejoice for their sorrow. When that... Uh, Man finally came to healing. Do you think he was pretty happy, grateful man? You know what? I bet you he said, innkeeper, can you tell me who that good Samaritan was? Thou hast turned for me. It was for me he died. 
Thou hast turned for me, for me my mourning into dance. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girdeth me with goodness. Let me tell you something. Don't ever get over being saved. Don't ever get over being saved. So oil represents or signifies healing. Oil also signifies the Holy Spirit and his, his power and his blessing. Throughout Scripture, oil and the Holy Spirit are kind of connected. The Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me. Oil and the Holy Spirit, they are, they are connected. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So there's a direct connect between joy and the Holy Spirit. Understand this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Love, joy. At the moment of salvation, let me say this before I say it. How many of you ever heard someone pray, God, anoint the preacher today? How many of you ever heard a prayer, something like that? Listen, you don't have to pray for this preacher to be anointed. I got anointed when I was five years old. Listen to what the Bible says. The anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. When I was five years old and I trusted Christ as my Lord and personal Savior, I got anointed with the Holy Spirit. He came into my life. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I always remember what my father would say. He said, listen, when you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit that you're ever going to get. But then my dad would preface it by saying this, has he gotten all of you? You got all of him, but has he gotten all of you? You know why we have so much sorrow and sadness in our lives? Even though we are saved, because the Holy Spirit hasn't gotten all of us. My daddy would also say this. He said, either the Holy Spirit will be your comforter, or he will be your convictor. You ever heard someone say, man, I got saved. I feel like a worse sinner now that I'm saved than I did before I got saved. So I, I guess I got to get saved again. I said, no, no, that's an indication that you really got saved right there. The anointing, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, quick and powerful. When we experience great sorrow and heartache and pain and loss, it's easy for us to focus on that and then, then try to make a way out of it. Right? How many of you ever tried to change your circumstances? Usually when we try that, we mess it up pretty bad. If we only have joy when everything is okay, that's not true joy. True joy is that filling of the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, no matter what is going on on the outside. I want to tell you something. I was uh, Wednesday night. I wish you all would come to Wednesday night. But Wednesday night, we talked about the bill that, that was going through Congress at that time. It was H.R. 5, and it's all a 
bill wrapped in discrimination, which is really discrimination against Christ's church. But anyway, it passed. If it passes through the Senate, I'm, it is radically going to change America. Now, I'll tell you something. I prayed hard. I sent out emails. I contacted our representatives. But it passed by a, a considerable amount. I want to tell you something. For a, for a moment there, it took away my joy. You know why it took away my joy? Because I could see what is going to happen in the future if this goes through. But can I tell you something? That should not affect my joy. My joy comes in knowing that I am a child of God. I am on my way to heaven. God is in control of my life. No matter what happens, he's going to take care of me. There may be mourning come in my life, but listen, he will give me joy. So oil signifies healing, it signifies power, it signifies blessing. It also signifies in the scripture protection. Sin, sorrow, loss, discouragement, mourning. It affects our mind and it leaves us open to Satan's attack. Literally, that's what was happening. My mind just kind of opened a little bit to Satan's attack to try to discourage me over what I see happening in our country and how that could spill over into our lives and our church. When people are overwhelmed by the trials and sufferings and adversities of life, many times they entertain very harmful thoughts. That's, that's, you, that's why we have to take our thoughts captive. We have to take them captive. When relief is not found, how can I change my circumstance? How can I get out of this situation? How can I find healing? I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll try something else. But when they can't find healing for their pain, their agony deepens, it becomes unbearable for them, and then they say, I guess I'm going to turn to the bottle. Right? Yes or no? I'm going to turn to drink. Or I'm going to turn to drugs. Or I'm going to just commit suicide. You know, the number one killer of teenagers in America today is suicide. God help us. Hopeless young people. The opioid epidemic that we have in our country. Why is this? You know why this is? It's because people haven't gone to Jesus. What we need is protection. I tell you. I need protection, you need protection, because we're in a very evil world. <laughs> thou anointest, Psalm 23, thou anointest my head with what? Oil. Philip Keller wrote a book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. Listen as I read. Flies create a lot of terrible problems for sheep. Their larvae will travel up the sheep's nose, causing inflammation and pain. The sheep will become so irritable that they will injure themselves by thrashing their heads back and forth violently. You know, I told you sometimes I like to watch nature programs while I'm going over messages. So I'm going over this message and I'm reading this passage. You know what's on the TV? 
as caribou that were migrating. And there was the hatch of uh, mosquitoes. And it was showing these just but being attacked by mosquitoes. They were, and these, they were shaking and running, and it was crazy. It was crazy. The sheep would become so irritable that they would injure themselves by thrashing their heads back and forth violently. All they could focus on was immediate relief. And of course, their aggravation only made matters worse. To protect to protect the sheep from such trouble, shepherds anointed the heads of the sheep with oil to keep the flies away. Once the oil had been applied to the sheep's head, there was immediate change in their behavior. Gone was the aggravation. Gone was the frenzy. Gone was the irritability. Gone was the restlessness. Do you get the picture? Our heads must be protected from the troubling pest of fear, anxiety, discouragement, bitterness, anger, sorrow, grief. Without an anointing from the good shepherd, we will allow wrong thoughts to enter our mind, resulting in wrong, destructive behaviors that will steal away our joy. Thou anointest my head with oil. Finish it with me. My cup runneth over. Hmm. What an exchange program that the Lord has for us. He will exchange our ashes for his beauty, our mourning for joy, our heaviness for a garment of praise. One man said this, he can take your sorrow and give you a smile. Think about all those that are just walking around all the time with long faces so sorrowful because of the affairs of life. To appoint unto them that mourn the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I will anoint them. I will exchange their ashes for beauty, their mourning for the oil of joy, now their heaviness for a garment of praise. Garments. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to wrap this up real quick. When we're feeling joyful and happy, how do we usually dress? We're feeling joyful and happy. We usually dress in blight, uh, blight, <laughs> bright, festive, and attractive garments because that's how we feel. If we're feeling down and we're feeling sad, a lot of times we'll dress in dark and dreary garments. If we're feeling like relaxing, we might put on a pair of pajamas. There's a lot of people like relaxing at Walmart, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> when we are feeling cold, we might put on a sweatshirt. If we're feeling hot, we may put on a pair of shorts. When we're immoral, we will dress accordingly. When we're moral, we will dress accordingly. If we're overweight, our favorite color is black because you look thinner in black. 
If we're going to work, we may have to put on a uniform. There's some occasions that we dress up for, and others we dress what? Down for. The spirit of heaviness, though it is an inward problem, often becomes very visible on the outside. But God says, I'll exchange that for you if you want. I'll exchange your inward heaviness for an outward garment of praise. It's so hard for me to get through this. Heaviness in heart can be caused by a couple things. By sin. A lot of people have lost their joy because of sin. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. David said, when I kept silent, the, the hand of the Lord was heavy upon me. Day and night he had that heaviness. He said, my vitality, my strength was taken from me like the drought of summer. Just all dried up on the inside. Listen, listen today, a man after God's own heart. Listen to what he said. For my iniquities are gone over my head. I'll tell you, sin will, sin will steal your joy. He said, for my iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Can I tell you what? Sin is too heavy for any of us. So heaviness of heart can be caused by inward sin. Heaviness can also be caused by the circumstances of life. David went on to say this, my soul melteth for heaviness. We're now in the time when the snow's melting. Hallelujah. As the snow and the ice melts, they become weak and unstable. This is the time of year when you hear of individuals falling through the ice. becomes weak and unstable. When our hearts melt within us, we become weak and unstable. When we allow ourselves to be in that condition, Satan will take over. I guess this is what I'm saying right here. We have to get to the place where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And say, that's it. I'm going to quit moping around all the time. I'm going I'm to put on the garment that God, I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I'm not going to allow discouragement to take over my life. I'm, I'm not going to mope around showing everyone that I'm unhappy. That hasn't lifted anyone out of that condition. We got to stop doing that. When you have this heavy heart and you just you hold on to it, listen, you you become so discouraged you don't feel like doing anything. I don't want to go to church, I don't want to do anything for God, I don't want to do anything for others. Me, 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 poor little old me, the focus is me. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also upon the things. You think you're suffering? 
There's a lot of people who are going through a whole lot worse than you're going through. Alyssa and I were talking yesterday about, as we were talking about Bethany and Aaron, how they live in a very small home. When their kids come over to our house, they love it. They don't ever want to go home. Do you want to go home? No. You want to stay here forever? Yep. (laughs) They're just running around our home. They're enjoying the largeness of our home and the yard and everything like that. They they live in this little small house. And we were talking about yesterday, weren't we? And I said, but you know something, honey? The little small house that Aaron and Beth live in with six kids is a mansion compared to many places in this world where people live. We lose perspective, don't we? We need to start being grateful for all that the Lord has done and all that he has given us. Just let me share a little bit more with you how I get myself out of that heaviness. I like good godly music. You come into my office, 99.9% of the time you're going to hear Rejoice Radio playing. And you're going to hear good godly music. And then if you listen real closely, you may hear me singing a little bit. I'm not joking with you here. Are you going to keep that heaviness? Are you going to put on the garment of praise that the Lord's offering it to you? I don't know. When I get a set of new clothes, it makes me feel good. Remember last year when we had to leave our home and throw all of our clothes away? Oh, But then as the clothes started to be replaced, getting new clothes, it's kind of nice. kind of nice to have a suit that fit. It's kind of nice. I don't know how they shrink over the years, but they shrink. They do. It's, it's those dry cleaners. They're, they're, I tell you. You know, think of the demoniac of Gadara. How many know the story of the demoniac of Gadara? Lived in the tombs, naked, dirty, filthy, cut himself all the time, self-mutilation. People would come by and he'd run out of the tombs. The whole town was afraid of him. Then one day he met Jesus. And the man gives his heart to Christ. What an exchange took place. All of his ashes... God's beauty. All of his sorrow, joy, the oil of joy. All of his mourning is now replaced with a garment of praise. And this is what it says. You find him sitting at the feet of Jesus. Here's the next word. Clothed. And in his right mind. Clothed. And in his right mind. You know, I know that clothing wasn't just physical clothing. It was spiritual clothing that he had. Because he said, Jesus, can I just go with you? Can I be one of your disciples? And Jesus said, no, you need to go back. You need to go back to your town. And you need to be an evangelist. And you know what the Bible said? He went back to his town. And he broadcast everywhere the great things the Lord had done for him. I'm going to tell you, that is a transformed man. And if God can do that for the demoniac, he can do it for you. 
Start being grateful. Put on the garment of praise. Start being grateful. Surround yourself with good godly music. Sing making melody in your heart to the Lord. Start memorizing and meditating on Scripture. Start reaching out and, and start ministering to others. And get back in church, all of you that are live streaming today. It's time to get back in church. No wonder you're moping around all the time. Put on the garment of praise. Yeah, garments can make us happy. I'll end with this. The prodigal son. Boy, did he ever go out and live in the ashes. He was all of those things. He's living in the ashes. He's filthy. He's dirty. He's run out of money. He's run out of friends. He's eating the husk that the swine would leave behind. You can imagine what he looked like and what he smelled like. Ashes. He's mourning, isn't he? He has heaviness. And he says, okay, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm getting out of this pig pen, and I'm going home. And I know if I go home, my father will be there. You know the story of the prodigal, right? I'm telling you, God loves to do an exchange for the prodigal. And so he goes home as his father sees him coming from a long distance, which tells me the father must have been there every day just looking down the road and seeing if his son was coming home. That's what it tells me. But he sees his son and the appearance of his son approaching, and he runs to meet his son. He embraces his son in all of his filth. In all of his ashes, he embraces his son. And I wrote this down. He said, bring forth the best robe. I have an exchange that I need to make. See, this father could not bear to see his son dressed in rags. I believe our Heavenly Father can't stand to see his children dressed in filthy rags. And here's what I'm here to tell you today. God loves to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. Bring the best robe. You find the best robe. Now that prodigal son didn't deserve the best robe. But God is a God of mercy and love and grace. Bring the best robe. Put it on him. And put a ring on his hand. And put shoes on his feet. This is not how my child should be dressed. Bring your ashes. He'll give you beauty. Bring your broken, mourning heart, and he will give you the oil of joy. Bring your spirit of heaviness, and the Lord will clothe you with a garment of praise. I want to leave you with this question. What kind of garment are you dressed in today? 
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.